All right, everybody. Welcome to Yeah, but still joining me as a guest host once again, Cam Tang. How you doing? Hey, chilling. You? Well, we did just have a bit of an experience um, here in the backyard. We have joining us a different type of guest than I've probably ever had on the podcast. Are both uh, are definitely our first animal guest, uh, animal correspondent, <laughs> Adam Baz. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Owner Thanks. of uh, a hawk that we just met. We just had a hawk flying, <laughs> flying around the backyard. Yeah. When Adam walked in, he just wouldn't stop saying, I'm a hawk girl. I do hawk shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just needed to say that before we get, get started. Um, Dude, you're blowing my opening line. Like, <laughs> that's my fire. There's probably a million different puns that you just are so tired of hearing with hawk and falcon related shit, right? At this point. What yeah, I got to try to filter, filter them out. Mm-hmm. Actually, what is well? We should give some context to you, but I do have a question to add on to that. Is what's the most oversaid thing? Like, because you do this stuff in public, you're out with the hawk. Like, what's the dumb dad thing that people come up and say? Is there like um, one that everybody fucking says? I mean, I, I can't think of a pun off the top of my head because I have like systematically tried to tune them out yeah. to prevent myself from saying them out of like you know some semblance of having mm-hmm. any kind of dignity, but. Um, I would say like the most irritating thing for like me as a falconer is know-it-alls that come up and are like, <laughs> oh yeah, like what kind of eagle is that? You know? Oh and yeah, like, yeah. They want to talk yeah, bird they shop with you. They want to talk bird shop, but like they have no idea, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. That's got to be a dad move. They're just trying to get in with a hawk. So uh, I guess I'll back it up. We have uh, with us here um, a man that I, I was hiking not long ago. Um, with Chelsea and I see this Prius pull in and it's like on the side of a Prius is what I presume to be the driver, a picture of the driver with a Hawk and it says Hawk on hand. And he like pulls up in the park and I'm like talking to Chelsea. I'm like, dude, I think that guy has birds in his car. Like I want to, I want to stay and see this. And she's like, I like snapped a picture and she's, she's like, come on, like, you know, can we go go get lunch or whatever we're going to go do? So I kind of resigned and I didn't hang around, but, um, I posted the picture on Instagram of the the car and i think i said like i think he has birds in the car and you replied to me you're like i actually had multiple birds well i had like <laughs> multiple hawks. I, had, I had so many friends send it to me you know and it's be the like power the power of social like, media i was like no i actually had three hawks in the car three hawks Damn. <laughs> but yeah three hawks in a prius you only got one in this thing shut up <laughs> so i yeah i mean we've been talking a little bit like i wouldn't been... be on the podcast if i only had one hawk in the prius <laughs> i, I think you're right though is like I think that's right. podcast material yeah this guy's hoarding hawks in the back of his 2006 busted Prius. <laughs> I mean, I was stunned. I didn't know how many hawk, like hawks you could fit in. A, I didn't know you could put a hawk in a Prius in the first place. I didn't but, either um, until I got one. It turns out it's a great Falconry mobile, you know? Is it really? I mean, yeah. Air, air condition. You got the AC blasting. No one suspects it until you That's put true. a magnet with a picture of yourself flying a hawk on the side. And oh, it's, it's a magnet. Yeah, it's a okay. magnet. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't ever think that you need... Like a utility v- vehicle to, or <laughs> no, is I, that I have, I feel like yeah, people expect me to roll up in some big truck, which I do also have. Oh, okay, and and you know historically have have transported the birds around in the truck, but since moving to L.A., I'm you know I'm in tr- I drive all over town for work with the birds, and so it's just I mean the Prius gets better gas mileage. So Adam, go off. You got plenty hawks and plenty cars as well. Yeah. Um, so your Instagram is Hawk on hand. That's kind of like how I got even further looped in is that I started like following your Instagram and 
I mean, it's a great account. You've, dude, you have like some beautiful pictures on here, but you've also been posting just like wild stuff on your story. And like for a town like Los Angeles, I'm seeing a lot of the similar shit when I'm like clicking through my stories of the people I'm following. And then yours is always on some whole other level. Like everybody's out like getting lunch or whatever. And the shit you're posting, it's like 100% a unique experience of this town. Like there was one day where I was kind of clicking through and you're like, oh, I found a, a hive of bees. And then you like pulled out like it, it seemed like you had bee keeping equipment in your car ready to go. But you like he like grabbed this hive of bees and like took them like back to his house. And then he was like doing all sorts of stuff with the beehive in his Okay. Property. He has bees in his property. H- how do you, <laughs> how do you get bees. bees in a Prius back to your? Like, how do you do that? Same yeah. way you get a hawk in a Prius. Oh, you have like a special box no, no. of tools. <laughs> well, the, the bee thing was an anomaly. That's not a daily occurrence. Um, but uh, you were like in downtown LA. Yeah. So you're like I'll, in Skid Row, and he found some bees. So I'll just give you like a little <laughs> bit of context about the bee thing that probably also will like help maybe your listeners okay. clarify a little bit. So. I work as a falconer for a living. Yes. So th- what the, I basically I do what's called falconry based bird abatement. It's basically glorified pest control. So I make my living basically chasing pigeons away for fancy buildings or seagulls or crows or any kind of nuisance bird that's causing some sort of a problem, whether it's like an apartment complex that's getting covered in pigeon shit or, you know, um, a producer who's trying to get some footage and the seagulls are ca- causing a ruckus or they're dive bombing the drone that's trying to get some footage for a, on a film set they'll call me in to chase smaller birds away with my hawks so that's what i do for a living so cool so i travel all over town you know with these hawks in the back of my prius um going from <laughs> job site to job site and the bees i just i arrived at a job site it's at the u.s bank building downtown and i get there and the manager of the building was like hey you know be careful you might not want to fly your hawks today there's a swarm of bees in this tree and I used to beekeep, so I was like, well, can I have the bees? Because that's a free <laughs> hive of a pretty na- obvious a logical natural, thought, right? Natural question to so, ask. Because he was trying to get rid of them, and he didn't know what to do. And he had the whole area was hands. like caution taped off, you know? So I, I ran home. To be fair, I didn't have a beekeeping outfit in my car. Okay. I'm not like quite that From my prepared. perspective, it was like, it seemed like you had it on deck. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, it's okay. It was in the garage, you know, if that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have one, but I did have to go home and get it. So, so, so then I went home and I got my beekeeping outfit, and I and I came and collected the swarm of bees, and which maybe sounds like a crazy thing, but it's actually like a pretty regular occurrence. Was this like a big come up? It was. I mean, you know, it was like a two or three hundred dollar come up. Yeah, bees are expensive, you know. Wow. And and it's like this is a swarm of bees that's out looking for a new home. So it's a win-win. Like I got a, I got ten thousand free be- free bees, and they got a perfect environment that is built in, you know, with housing bees in mind. I put them in a beehive, and they're they're psyched, and now they're in my backyard making honey. So I think we should. Jesus. I actually do have some bee questions later, but we should maybe table that. You and should stick maybe to the yeah hawks. stick to your A questions for this podcast. Yeah, maybe. yeah, hundred percent. So we just met a hawk. You you pulled up. What was the hawk's name? Jasper. Just to kind of give a description, Jasper is over there sitting in a box that's almost exactly the size of a gaming PC, is how I would describe it. <laughs> it's like literally an looks e-machine. like an Antec. 2008 e-machine. Yeah. Um, 
So he's sitting there in this white box. It actually has a game. Even PC has a computer. Yeah, it's got a computer fan on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you pulled him out. It was pretty amazing. Uh, extremely well trained reactions, Cam. We both just uh, flew the bird. He was like flying around my neighborhood, flying on top of the house. Yeah, when Adam walked in, I was like quiet because I was waiting for this to start recording because I just have a million questions and I feel like uh, uh, he probably gets a million of them all day long. But I, I feel like I have just general joy when I saw the bird that I just like couldn't contain myself. So we're going to have to remember all the questions that we want to ask him because he's already in 10 minutes has said some f- crazy shit. Yeah. Um, but your life is a movie, dog. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, a question, I guess. I want to start this off by asking... I have a three names I just thought of that maybe the worst names you can name a bird. Um, I, want you, I want you to answer after me, but I was thinking Ethan... Terrible Ethan name for Hawk. <laughs> uh, Black Hawk Down. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of a bummer. And uh, Peepee would be my last least favorite name for I think B Hawk. Yeah. I think Peepee's great. Okay. What's Peepee? I mean, I'm going to name my Just next Hawk if you don't mind. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're getting <laughs> a Hawk it. anytime soon. Take so it. Take I'm it. taking Peepee. Take it. Uh, <laughs> I, have a good, it? I have a good friend um, named Isaac Jones. Shout out Isaac Jones. Okay. If you're out there who has been asking me to name all of my birds Isaac Jones, which I kind of wish that I had done starting four years ago, which would just be terribly confusing and hilarious. It was just like, oh, on Instagram, it's like, this is my new hawk, Isaac Jones. Uh, (laughs) He's here sitting next to my other hawk, Isaac Jones. Do you meet uh, other falconers with whack hawk and falcon names? Like you just cringe all day long when you... I feel like, you know, you could probably take a pretty informed guess at like what most falconers name their birds it's like you know striker and um jet and (laughs) you know like i don't know slice or whatever like all these kind of like aggressive fast intimidating names Uh, yeah i i'm not i'm not about that so i you know i started out naming my birds i got this idea i've been doing this for like five or six years and i i started naming my birds after um like rocks and elements just because there's cool. some cool, you know, so Jasper obviously is one, but then I quickly ran out of like reasonable names because, you know, I'm not going to name my hawk like Formica. I mean, that actually wouldn't be a bad one, but um, now I just name them like names that I think are fitting. How many you birds know? do you have? I have four right now. Okay, four birds but, right yeah. now. Yes. I mean, I've had a lot, you know, like they kind of come and go. Uh, yeah. Mar- <laughs> How do you know. get them? They come and go? Like, yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a little cryptic. They come and go. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, they, they're living animals and, and they're actually pretty fragile animals. And so some of them have died, yeah. you know, of natural yeah. causes. It happens in the wild. It also happens in captivity. Um, um, one of them, like you were asking earlier, has did fly away um, and I wasn't able to recover her. But more than anything, like I'd, I've gotten birds and trained them and, you know, they just didn't quite work out for me because I have these very specific needs out of my birds. Like I need them to be really well trained and I need them to be reliable so I can fly them in a city like L.A. safely. I also need them to be interested in chasing pigeons because that's what I do for work. And so sometimes you'll get a bird that's just, you know, that not really interested in that or they're a liability because they're kind of aggressive and they just I don't want them around people or dogs or cats or whatever or the big one is 
the hawks are some hawks are really loud and they'll just scream incessantly and that's a problem if you live in la like with a bunch of neighbors so i would pass those birds like sell them to other falconers but um yeah i mean to get let them go you you gotta let them go see i think a lot of people can learn a thing or two from you some people are in relationships like that you know (laughs) you have your needs and sometimes these hawks just simply don't fit your needs you have to let them fly away totally sometimes you got to know you're dating somebody that's screaming a lot and upsets the neighbors (laughs) you have to let them go (laughs) you know sometimes she doesn't want to chase pigeons with you Um, and you know you gotta know what you need (laughs) and then and know when to let somebody go i think it's just you know maybe the audience could take something away from that but okay wait all jokes aside uh so you have mul- where do you get the birds? Where do you get the birds? That's so so there's yeah there's there's two ways of acquiring a hawk or a falcon or an eagle, and I'll just say because it's important that this is all very highly regulated by the federal government. So this isn't of course. you can't just go out and grab a bird. These are these Please are protected do animals. Yeah. So to become a falconer, you have to do a two year apprenticeship oh, wow. with another experienced falconer. You have to pass a comprehensive exam that's administered by the Fish and Wildlife Service. You have to have a federal agent come to your house and inspect all of your facilities and your equipment and only then can you get a bird. And there's there's two ways of acquiring a bird. One is that you can trap birds out of the wild wild birds um they limit the number of birds that can be taken out of the wild and the species you know to make sure that we're not like over harvesting um wild hawks and falcons so that's one way and then you get this wild bird and you train it to trust you and then you hunt with it the other way which i would say is more common is you can buy a a hawk or a falcon from a breeder like you'd buy a a purebred dog and the breeders also have to have a license and it's all very regulated and there's a bunch of paperwork. So I get my birds coming. That is crazy. It's like wild, how more regulated that is than assault weapons or guns, you know? Yeah. Seriously. Like two years of training. Yeah. And then a fed has to come personally check out your house. You know, what's crazy is when you get your falconry license, you also wave array away your right. I don't know. I can't remember what amendment it is, but basically a federal agent can come to my house at any time of the day, any day of the week with no prior notification and do like an impromptu inspection of my facilities. Oh, and seizure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. like if I am a gun owner, like I have more protections, I guess, than that. Um, crazy to think Which about. is, yeah, it's pretty wild. So that's never happened to me. And if there's any federal agents out there, please don't do that. But, <laughs> no, you know, because I also have guns. <laughs> Let's go. Try to fuck around with these falcons. Yeah, don't come to your house, honestly, unless you're the feds. Well, also, don't come to your house if you're the feds, too. But, but you I'm went sure to... you have it in tip-top shape. It looks good from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, how'd you get started with this in the first place? And Cam, I don't mean to jump over your question, no, 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 but that, that's we're kind of going backwards. But, yeah, what made you decide to do this? Like, I, uh, I think a lot of people have probably had, like... I mean, especially guys, I think, have, like, a dumb thought from time. Like, oh, dude, that'd be so cool. I saw the Royal Tenenbaums and I want to learn to do that. That That's just like a fleeting thought. Nobody commits to it. How'd you start I've, doing I just want to say I've never thought about owning a bird ever in my life. No, not owning it, but just be like to be able to learn to do that. Like, I don't know. I've yeah. considered it. I grew up with parakeets and stuff, not even remotely the same, but I understand birds. Well, so I saw the Royal Tenenbaums and then I thought, <laughs> <it> really? no, <laughs> so I, um, I worked as a bird biologist for 12 years. So okay. I, I mean, it's not like a huge jump for me. Um, but truly I did, I was actually working a field job studying wild birds down in the Sierras in California. 
um, I was living in Oregon at the time, so I say down. Um, and I heard a piece on NPR. This was probably, I don't know, nine or ten years ago at this point. I heard a piece on NPR. It was an interview with a falconer that was making a living as a falconer doing you know, nuisance bird control, like I mentioned earlier. I had no idea that that was even a line of work. I mean, I knew what falconry was. I thought it was like this impossibly expensive, time-consuming archaic like thing yeah, that barely did, like, was practiced your anymore family's land in right. england or something, exactly yeah totally like. and that is like historically i mean that that's what like falconry. fox hunting or yeah, something yeah. and then you also do falconry right but yeah so i heard this story on npr about a falconer that was making a living as a falconer and that kind of piqued my interest and then kind of that sat marinated a little bit and then a few years later i i met a falconer in oregon who also had like a biology background and a conservation background. So he was, you know, I felt like he was approaching falconry from a very similar place that I wanted to. Um, and, and so we started working together and I did my apprenticeship with him. And it's really the kind of thing it's like, you, you have to, like I mentioned, you have to do a two-year apprenticeship. So you can't just kind of try it out and dip your toe. Yeah. Like you're in or you're out. It's a huge lifestyle commitment. And so I just kind of made the decision somewhat on a whim. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to give it a shot. And see how it goes. And then I fell in love with it and, and started making a living working as a falconer. And yeah, I mean, and I love it. So I feel like I've been jumping over your questions. No, Cam, no, no, no. no. I mean, this is this is all part of the course. I feel like I'm interested in what this falconry community is because you seem cool as hell. Thank you. I can't imagine. Yeah, that. you're like the coolest. Like. <laughs> coolest I'm, falconer you know and, yeah and like just for the audience you're very good looking like you have swag yeah snacked you snacked know? out uh, like i see the, you know, there's these pictures of you didn't you were just featured in like one of the big magazines right like there's like on your instagram uh, you're oh, just photographed maybe, for, there was uh, what's that you're just photographed for something yeah yeah so i there was like an article in flaunt magazine flaunt magazine um yeah there have been like a couple couple you're like up by the hollywood sign like yeah cool. yeah that was for flaunt magazine yeah it was kind of like a, i guess a fashion editorial yeah which was a little weird i there was a new york times article about my work that was kind of like that was pretty big for me um about Whoa. a year ago so that was cool but um well thank you i you know that's like, like that's a unique thing though i think it's like probably stands out from and you're pretty you're young too i i think a lot of yeah the, the think point of, of my question this, was like, is that there's there's gotta you're cool as hell there's gotta be some fucking weirdos in this game oh for sure yeah yeah i would say maybe more i don't and you I'm know all a, of them too right I would it's imagine. a small community yeah. there's a lot of falconers in california actually and it's a pretty tight-knit community um most people know each other at least by name um but you know you get kind of like the full gamut of personalities um, falconry is definitely a very obscure thing, so it draws in probably a a, a per certain type of person. And I don't really like to generalize too much about what that is. There's some other amazing falconers out there. There's also some really shitty falconers out there. But I would just say, if I had to kind of like generalize, I do think, as with like all animal people, there tend to be a lot of people drawn to it that are maybe better with animals than they are with humans. Like I mm. think a lot of, I just think in general people that are devote their life to working with animals oftentimes find some sort of like comfort in that maybe because they're not great interpersonally. Mm. That's not, I mean, I know plenty of like smart outgoing affable like falconers also, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. I, 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 I was never expecting to gravitate towards it. Um, 
I so I just gave you an opportunity to flame the whole Falcon. I was gonna say you, I'm like you, he's not gonna sit here and flame and, the Falcon and, uh, community. He didn't take. The I mean, I I'm doubt sure I doubt you have too many Falconers <laughs> listening to your podcast. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I will say this: like, you'd be surprised. I, I might do. Be one listening. <laughs> I do feel like you know. I do th- so I offer these falconry lessons and demonstrations and that's kind of a growing part of my work I think probably because I'm I I have decent interpersonal skills so I'm like decent with people and I'm comfortable talking in front of people so that's allowed me to um like excel at that maybe in a way that might not be the case for other falconers I mean I don't know but. there's so I want to talk a little bit about the the stuff you do at the buildings have you ever seen somebody do this cam cuz like Early on into moving to LA, I was by um, the CAA building. You know that kind of complex? Oh, yeah. There's like a bunch of those oh, big buildings over in like, what's it called? I'm um, in and out of that building. Century City. Yeah. So, the arch. Yeah, I see a guy with a big leather glove just standing in the field. And like, meanwhile, everybody is in like in suits, suits um, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like the junior assistant outfit, like yelling on the phone, blah, 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 having their lattes. But there's one guy standing in like gorp gear holding a with a big leather glove and I'm like, dude, that looks that guy looks like a a falconer, but there's no falcon. So I was like I was bored, I'd go up to him. I'm like, dude, do you happen to have a hawk somewhere around here? And he's like, Yep. And I that was like my first foray into this. It was one of those guys that what you do, he's like, I'm like, dude, where's your hawk? Like, what is it why are you here? What do you <laughs> it was like eight in the morning, you know? I'm like are you performing? Like, what is this? And yeah, it was the same thing. He told me my hawk flies around and just like fucks up pigeons and uh, chases them around. And they pay me to do this. And I was completely fascinated. It's just like, I, I couldn't think of anything more different to be doing than the rest of the people around there. For those listening that don't know, CAA is one of the biggest like agencies. Like they manage artists. Um, everybody in there is like wheeling and dealing and this guy's standing outside with a with a falcon or a hawk it was wild and i've been super interested ever since like i'm sure there's been there's dozens of weird situations that have come up from doing this type of work how long do the birds stay away when you bring a hawk to a building like that and it's cool they just come back good question yeah i mean it's it's not easy to answer because it it depends on like a lot of different variables but it's never a one-time fix. So it's not like a building hires me and I bring my hawks and I scare the living crap out of a bunch of pigeons and then I never come again. It's There's an ongoing maintenance component mm-hmm. because you know pigeons and other birds, are they're smart and they're persistent and they're coming to these buildings for a reason. Usually it's that there's a water fountain because fresh water is in high demand if you're wild, uh, you know, a wild animal in LA. So like a water feature or a uh. uh, food source, you know, food scraps by tables, or sometimes it's just that the architecture of the building is such that it's really inviting for pigeons or crows or whatever it may be. So the birds, these wild birds want to be there. The managers of the building don't want them to be there. And I bring my hawks in usually two or three times a week for a few hours. And that's usually enough that um, it kind of keeps the pigeon numbers down. Not always at zero, but close to zero. I mean, because look, it's like if you're building A and you hire me and building B and C and D don't hire me like your neighbors, where are the pigeons going to go? You know, they're just going to go to your neighbor's property. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it works really well and it is like a totally sustainable, ethical, 
way of managing pests, you know, because the alternatives are poisoning them or shooting them or covering your building in spikes and glue and all these, uh, you know, electrical wires and things. And um, yeah, so like it, I mean, it works really well and it, 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 it is a effective means of, of doing it. And it's also fun for me. I mean, you know, it's a good line of work. Yeah, it's pretty but. great. I mean, they're around anyway. There's like, there's a hawk in my backyard yesterday. It was even more surreal that like I see them pretty regularly interacting and then you come over and he just like flies right up to you. Basically, yeah. so he lures, like you lure it with uh, pieces of mouse, basically. You put it on the glove and <laughs> right. like it flies over. But also it, you've trained it to fly to your laser pointer, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the the birds are laser pointer trained, so wherever I shine this laser, they'll they'll fly to the dot and then come back to me for a reward. And that's that's been really um instrumental. Like that allows me to bring these birds into really dangerous kind of high stakes environments like downtown LA where there's lots of places they that's not safe for them to fly across a road or onto a live electrical wire or whatever. And so I can kind of control exactly where they go with the laser. But yeah, I mean, really, it's not hard to train these birds. It's like, um, I, I always compare it to clicker training a dog, if you've heard of that training mm-hmm. technique. Basically, it's it's Pavlovian conditioning, operant conditioning. So you are just forming an association between a certain behavior that you want this animal to do, which is normally coming back to you, and a positive reward, which in this case is tiny little pieces of chopped up mouse and then you use a whistle or i use a whistle to kind of mark the behavior like you'd use a clicker to mark the behavior that you want the dog or in my case the bird to do so yeah i mean you can train these birds to do i mean almost anything um and it's just positive reinforcement with little bits of chopped up meat and it works really well and and once they figure it out you know they just want to get fed so um, they'll do whatever it takes. So if it's flying to a green dot that I shine from the laser pointer, then great. You know, do you have any, I, I want to hear some bird stories. Like <laughs> what, what are some of the standout experiences from being out in the field with the, the Hawks? Have you, are there any specifically gnarly events uh, or crazy things you've seen them do or high stakes situations? Or like, yeah. Kids getting weird with them. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess I'm along sure the lines it's of the laser pointer and kids getting weird, there was, I mean, yeah, there, so there was a, I was flying one of my hawks in Portland, Oregon, in downtown. I used to live there, so I was doing this kind of work there, um, and I was flying the bird at night across kind of this big open square, like a public square, and I was high up on the steps of this square, it was kind of like a coliseum layout, you know, so I was up top, and I was flying the bird back and forth across the square to keep crows um from sleeping there because they were pooping all over the ground and it was like a friday night and there was just like a bunch of drunk flat brim hat bros like showing off for their lady friends or whatever and this one guy kept whenever the hawk would fly over he kept trying to jump up and kind of swat it out of the air oh my god i was just so pissed you know and um he just kept doing it and he couldn't he could, I knew he wouldn't ever be able to get to the bird, but yeah. I was just so irritated. And trying he to get my bird. He didn't know that I, he, yeah, I was trying to get my bird, you know? Yeah. Um. So I was up top. I don't think he even knew I was there. And so he turned around and I just shined the laser pointer right <laughs> at the back of his head, you know? And like, the, of course the hawk just like swoops down at like 30 miles per hour and the guy just drops to the ground screaming bloody murder and would not get up. Um. And I, I mean, that was great for me that was oh great. my but, um, god so that was a fun one that was at night or like sunset it was at, it was like around sunset yeah so he could see it coming 
Yeah, yeah, he could see the bird. Oh my I God, mean, there were lights, you know, it was in an urban environment, so there were a bunch of... Are they insured? They're not. They're okay. not insured, no. Is that a thing? Uh, you know, I think you could do it. Bird but insurance? It's, it's hard to insure wild animals. It's pretty expensive, I think, because they could, you know, kill over and die for any yeah. number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, the birds are expensive, but they're not... It probably isn't worth it by the time you're paying, you know, whatever, monthly premiums, and then you're copay or whatever uh, yeah, you if your bird dies i don't think it's for... really worth it um really the most costly thing though is the time that's involved in training the birds you know mm. i mean the hawk that you met today jasper he's a harris's hawk they happen to be pretty affordable they're they're not that expensive they're usually like under a thousand dollars and it's kind of wild <laughs> i mean it ranges really like i have a bird that costs a, a lot more than that you know but yeah. harris's hawks are probably the cheapest hawks that a falconer can buy you can get them for like 500 to a thousand dollars and it's not bad and but you know he is so reliable and dialed like you saw you know he'll fly yeah. anywhere i want him to with no hesitation he's a sweet bird he's like comfortable around humans he's comfortable around dogs he's used to everything that the city could throw at him you know like marching bands sirens whatever and so if i was to lose him it'd be dev devastating both emotionally and just from a practical standpoint um but it's not really like about the cost it's more about oh, of course yeah. yeah it's like if you had your dog in the park and somebody would be swatting at it you would have the same reaction it would just be weird that anybody yeah. would be fucking with anybody's totally pr property like that but uh or say an you're, animal in general trying to hit an animal right weird. <laughs> not a good look Say yeah. you're um, two chains on uh, most expensivest shit, uh, whatever that show's called. What is the flexiest bird one can buy? Uh, I mean, it it just depends. You know, it's like I guess personal preference. But so most of the really really high end expensive birds that are bred in America, and what makes a bird expensive and high end is usually. Like if it's big, the bigger, really striking looking birds. So like a lot of times people want all white or all black, huge, powerful falcons. And so most of those birds, most of the really like cream of the crop birds that are bred in America actually get shipped to the Middle East where falconry is huge. Dubai. And right. yeah, those yeah. like, you know, the princes in Dubai or whatever in United Arab Emirates, it's big there too, will pay tens of thousands of dollars for a huge Arctic falcon that's bred in Utah and shipped on an airplane over there. And Dude, they're because taking, they can't, they're taking all of our birds, they're, they're taking, taking all, all of our birds, Instagram man. models, I know, the <laughs> flying them out. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so yeah, I mean, those guys will pay, I mean, you know, 10, 20, 30, $40,000 for a bird. I would obviously never do that. You can get just as good of a bird yeah, for, yeah. you know, a thousand dollars or they're going $2, for rarity. Yeah, they're going for rarity, and it's clout. It's all really falconry there. Clout I mean, it's a funny. rich part of the heritage and the history, but it very much is a social status kind of flex. I mean, some of those guys own, I'm sure people have seen, like, there was a picture that went viral of a guy who rented an entire commercial aircraft and filled, bought, bought oh, every yeah. seat and filled it with falcons. And it's like, nobody needs to, in my wait, opinion, wait, nobody there... needs to own 200 falcons, you know? Yeah, I saw that. Wait, was there any kind of explanation you could give? There was that picture that flew around. Yeah, it's just literally I mean, a plane I... filled with falcons. Yeah, I mean, I think it, that's it. Like, this guy just he needed, needed to, to move a bunch of his birds and had the funds to do it and just, yeah, bought every what? seat on an airplane and put his birds in there. So what birds did you think you put in first class versus coach? <laughs> I don't know, man. 
the the biggest brightest ones i don't know what is the what is the biggest well i mean uh, owls because like owls and eagles tend to fetch a higher price point they're first class birds yeah i mean harris hawk is like the you know the bird you met today that's like by the bathrooms yeah yeah. yeah. okay yeah that's like he's like carry on that's like suitcase (laughs) up in the (laughs) the overhead irish dancing third class on the titanic um Whatever, we like him. You know, he's a bird of the people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a beautiful bird, mind you. This is not... <laughs> this is no pigeon. <laughs> this is a gorgeous hawk. And he's he's sweet. I, I was saying earlier that I've met... Uh, held some birds. I'm not an expert by any means, but I've held some birds and I've just f- felt like the the uh, sort of aggression and, and sort of... Uh, Chaos. Alphaness yeah. of a bird. And this this guy was, was chill as hell. He you was like inquisitive. Feel like yep. in my head, I was thinking like, do you know the personalities of your birds? And like, like, are you kind of learning that at, like more and more as you train them? Uh, because I immediately felt like I, this guy's sweet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I would never guess that I would right. get any personality from a bird, which is weird to think. No, they they, uh, they for sure have big, um, you know, they have personalities. They're not all the same. And um yeah, and you learn, you know, you can do certain things to kind of help sculpt their behaviors and their personalities, but you can't control, like, their fundamental um, personalities. So, yeah, I mean, I have two of these Harris's Hawks, and this guy who you met today is Jasper, is just sweet as pie. The other one I have is named Fox. He's 12 years old, and he's a total curmudgeon. I really don't like other people to fly him. I don't entirely trust him. He's cranky. He's moody. He's kind of unpredictable. And, you know, I'm, I've trained them both the same way. I've done everything the same with mm-hmm. them. All of those variables are eliminated. It's just personality. He's mm-hmm. just kind of a jerk and Jasper's I, yeah, not. And I just, um, I went to, have you ever been to Animal Tracks, Inc.? No. It's like an animal rescue place. I took um friend of the show, Felix Biederman, for his birthday. We went and met all these animals. And we met, like, wolves, monkeys, like, crazy stuff. And that was, like, one thing they... Amongst many other incredible things, they like one of the big takeaways was like how they were saying the personalities are completely unpredictable, yeah. especially with like wolves. Like one is super super nice, and the other is like you know none of them are mean to the people that come in, but they're not right. as friendly. And it's just like really like luck of the draw. I mean that's the that's the joy of of it for me, really. Like yeah. you know, is getting to have this kind of like intimate. I guess I'll say personal relationship with these birds, you know, all of whom are different and some have strengths and weaknesses. And it's, I mean, it's really just like, um, yeah. And then I need to learn how to kind of harness those strengths and, and maybe work with those weaknesses and kind of, you know, and like I said, sometimes I get a bird that's just not a good fit for me. But for the most part, I would say that like, if you're a good falconer can probably, um, make any bird work and if you put in the time you know like you can sculpt that behavior and uh yeah it's just like it's immensely um it's the term rewarding you know to like work with these different animals and get to know their personalities and you know see all the little like idiosyncrasies and behind the scenes stuff that you would just never expect like watching a a hawk take a bath or like (laughs) you know stretch its wings like they wake up and they stretch every morning you know it's like yeah Guys, you just walk out in the living room in the morning and you see Jasper just in a full shavasana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. What were you oh, I was going to say, we should probably do an ad break real quick and then we'll come back with some more questions. We'll be right back after these advertisements. 
thought that was nice. All right, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Although Cam was doing an off-air ad read, you were I was plugging g- products. I was well, we aren't even well, getting paid to plug that yeah, product. This is a future it. ad read. I don't know what was on our ads right now. I think it might have been the. There's like a Australian. <laughs> I don't know if I should like talk about the advertisers after, but I'm pretty sure there's like an Australian guy like talking about like boner pills. <laughs> the episodes recently, we don't really. They kind of like swap in and out, but there's yeah. one where it's not us reading the ad. You just want to make it clear for your audience that it you're was not, not in need of boner you're, pills. Yeah. For the record. That wasn't <laughs> me talking, guys. Just so you know, it wasn't me in an Australian accent. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're back. Um, we're back and we're back talking birds. I know th- you've posted a few interesting tales on your um, on your Instagram, but... um. Yeah, I mean, like, surely there's been, like, wild experiences from flying these around Los Angeles. Yeah, there's a lot for sure. I mean, probably, like, one of the more recent oddball ones was um, I was at a... Uh, I got a call from a manager of a, one of the skyscrapers, I guess, downtown, and he was like, hey, Birdman, like, I, <laughs> we have a chicken, a rooster. He thought it was a rooster. It turned out it wasn't. But a, a chicken stuck in our tree. What a like fucking idiot. Like stupid idiot. <laughs> but no, so he had this chicken that was like in a magnolia, an ornamental magnolia tree in the middle of downtown on like 4th Avenue and Main or, you know, and it was like, I don't know how it got there. Probably somebody in somewhere in downtown was keeping chickens on the roof. But this guy calls me and he's like, we have a chicken in this tree. It's been there for three days. It won't stop squawking. And we don't know what to do. And they brought in like a bunch of different, like their maintenance guy and then their pest control guy. And they were like, I don't know how to get a chicken out of a tree. Do you and play so- Zelda ever? Sorry to interrupt. Do you ever played Breath of the Wild on Switch? Oh, I've played it, yeah. Do you remember when you like toss those chickens and you can get them in trees? That was just, that just popped in my mind. Oh like, yeah, you can Link throw the chickens. chucking them. chickens into it. Okay, anyway. I mean, yeah, maybe someone was trying to like bring that to life. But, but so I get this call and at first I was like, no, I, I don't. This, that's not what I specialize in. You yeah. Know? And I was like, no, I can't do that. I don't know how to get a chicken out of the tree. But then I kind of thought about it and I was like, well, someone's got to help this chicken out, you know, and this guy out. And if there was ever someone in Los Angeles who could probably get a chicken out of the tree, like, it, I guess it should be me, you know, like I specialize in dealing with odd bird situations. So, yeah. so I was like, yeah. So the I, closest went, thing. I, I went down and I really didn't have a plan, but I just brought my hawk jasper actually I'm assuming you can't climb this tree no well so i didn't know where it was you know so i got down there and it was like yeah it was probably 20 feet up in a tree but i don't know if you've ever tried to uh, if you've ever owned or been around chickens and tried to corral them but when they know you're running after them like they're in really fast even if they're not flighted uh, and it's almost impossible to to catch one with your hands okay i tried that so i got i finally got the chicken out of the tree just by kind of shaking the tree it was down on the ground amidst all of this landscaping so there were shrubs and places for it to hide and i was running around like a madman diving after this chicken and it became real clear very quickly that it wasn't going to work i wasn't going to be able to just grab this chicken so how'd you get down from the tree though you shake, shake i was tree? just kind of tapping and shaking the tree and it kind of fluttered out of it because it you know was irritated that i was shaking the tree that was it no no so then i i couldn't well that's how i got it out of the tree but then i couldn't get it you know it was down chicken and and oh sorry yeah i had to get the chicken you know because it was just on the ground still in front of the same building that would be funny if that was like i got out of the tree yeah i'll I'll take that check now (laughs) and then you just asked me to remove it from the tree so now it's on the ground i'll take that money chicken removal charge (laughs) the benny hill music just starts playing yeah (laughs) 
So I was like, and meanwhile, a crowd is gathering. There's like an oh, yeah. odd assortment of like homeless people and businessmen and women and just anyone who is walking by. It's, it's like, like seeing a crazy dude seen. like yeah. diving after a chicken, and <laughs> like break, like I'm sweating, cursing under my breath. I can't get this chicken. So then I went and I got Jasper and I was like, this is a little risky because, you know, I don't want to hurt, I don't want to hurt this chicken. And Jasper obviously being a hawk is would be capable of killing this chicken, but I also know him super well, and he is very adept at catching other birds. I mean, you know, he's a hawk. So, and I also know that what he generally does when he grabs a bird that he's pursuing is he he grabs it, and then he'll kind of just stand on it for like 15 or 20 seconds, and he looks around to make sure that He's safe, and then he starts to kind of eat it. So I, I figured if I could get him to grab this chicken, I had like a 15-second window where I could probably take the chicken away from him without the chicken being injured. So I just went and grabbed the bird, and I basically just went chicken hunting with my hawk in downtown LA in front of like 30 people, all of whom were <laughs> filming it for you know TikTok or something. And so, and sure enough, he just explodes off of my glove, just nails the chicken. It's complete chaos. The chicken is screaming. It's like a cartoon where there's like, you know, a coyote and the roadrunner yeah, yeah. like tumbling in a bunch of smoke or something. There's feathers flying. And I just dive onto this whole mess and grab, was able to grab the chicken away from Jasper. And, and I put the chicken in the back. I have this vest that has like a game pouch, you know, and I just like stuff this chicken in the back of my vest Jasper was super pissed because he was like, dude, seriously, I don't get to eat this chicken, you know? Um, and now that chicken is living on oh, like can- an urban farm, my friend's urban farm in uh, Altadena. Oh, laying, and l- apparently laying eggs like a motherfucker. Like it's wow. a really good chicken. So you get a lot of bonus animal bonuses on this job. I didn't That's even really get, you know what? Up. I did not even get paid for that. I did not even get paid. It was just for that. a favor. Wait, and, yeah, and that's what so I was going to ask like, too, because it's like you probably have a rate to do what you do, and and it seems pretty clear now, which I didn't know, which was mainly the pest control element. But then like this feels extracurricular. Like whereas like, is the invoice higher for something like this? Is like out of the normal duty for you? Yeah, that was a weird one because this was a job site that I normally work. I go there three days a week, and it's it's uh, a year round customer of ours. So, so favor, I just kind of right? did it as a favor. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out, you know. Yeah. So I didn't. I'm not gonna. Yeah. If it was just a one time thing, like out of the blue, yeah, and there was no, um, you know, past or future relationship with this building, I'd charge them a premium for mm-hmm. it for sure. Yeah. Are there any buildings where like, well, does he? just scare off the birds or does he like get the birds it's 99 percent the the former just, just like a, de- a ter- deterrent measure they're just scared. He's hazing and kind of harassing the pigeons enough that they want to leave but i mean he is a hawk and he is certainly capable of catching these animals and he and sometimes he does and is it mostly birds or the rats too no it's it's all birds yeah okay. it's it's actually really hard to control rodent populations you can't really use falconry to do it um so yeah there's that uh tour in like texas where you can jump in a chopper and take a ak and shoot pigs oh from, god yeah i saw that yes yeah. do you know what i'm talking about and i it's mean like, wild no. boar hunting it's, well well yeah it's they're they're pests but it's they've gamified the pest right. control where it's like a video game where you're just shooting these fucking pigs out of a fucking helicopter yeah uh yeah anyway um when are we going to that boys what what the, place? the wild the boar tour, hunting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I have gotten, dude, when I had bad insomnia, I would get in these holes where I'd watch uh, wild boar hunting videos. Because there's, I don't like the helicopter ones, but there are guys that like, it'll be on, it's always on like a farm. Basically, like wild boars will like take over a farm and just like start ruining things. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like night vision hunting videos of the wild boars. And they're just trying to get as many as possible, and then and, they cook them up. And I watched this documentary on it too, which is like they to corral them is just it's it's not enough. Like there's too many of them, they just overpopulate. So I can't imagine what it's like for for pigeons, which is like you really can't just manually go corral them. Yeah, which is fucking fascinating <laughs> to me that your whole job is that. But you're saying sometimes that that hawk is gonna nab one of these guys. Yeah, and and is he gonna eat them while he's on the clock or? Yeah, I mean, generally the the kind of the agreement, the unspoken agreement with the birds is like if they catch something, yeah, they can eat it, at least part of it, you mm-hmm. know. Um that rule does not apply when Jasper catches a rat because all the rats in Los Angeles are poisoned. I mean, downtown LA is like covered in bait poisonous bait stations for rodents. And, just and so pretty them. much every rat in LA is sick and poisoned, mm-hmm. and I just won't let my hawk eat eat those because i mean he can get secondary poisoning from that so mm. that's always a, a bit stressful and that does happen um, does the poison just not kill the rats no it does and so generally Eventually. like yeah and so like if there's a if there's a rat that's out in the middle of the day kind of lethargically moving a, through oh, a park yeah. it's almost certainly on its last legs and is poisoned and those are generally the rats that jasper has an easy time killing so that's that's a unfortunate I was just wondering Stressor. if there's like certain buildings that you go to where it's just like Jasper's happiest day where there's like hundreds of pigeons and he's just going to go beast mode. Yeah. I mean, like, and also I would want to come with you. Yeah. When that happens. It's, it's hard to it predict when, it, when, when, it, when it does happen. But yeah, I mean, he does kill things, you know, that's what he, that, and I think he, I mean, he deserves to kill things. He's a top he's predator, a you know? Yeah. So he, you know, I want to say like, he could survive the rest of his life just eating little handouts from me, like yeah. frozen chopped up mice. But he, there's a different energy that comes over him when he catches something. And I think literally just that feeling, that adrenaline or that feeling, they have a lot, the hawks have a lot of nerve endings in their feet. And I think, um, and they kill their prey by basically squeezing them to death. And I think that there's like a physical sensation when they can feel like the pulse of the animal that they've killed slowly fade through their feet it's i mean there's just a look that comes over him like he becomes a wild animal you know and and i think he deserves that on a regular basis and so yeah certainly whenever he does it i let him have his way with them you know unless the bird looks sick or something and i don't want him eating it but yeah i mean you know i i do have clients though that ask me they're like hey come and get rid of the pigeons but please don't kill them we don't want our clients seeing that Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's always a little bit of a mm-hmm. wink, wink, like, yes, I can do that, you know, because I can't guarantee that Jasper's not going to catch yeah. a pigeon. But what I can guarantee is that if he does, I'll be very discreet about it and kind of clean everything up very quickly so no one has to see it. But, yeah, I mean, it happens, you know. So, um, so this is a little off topic, but what's it been like wh- when you started getting into this? What was it like dating, like getting? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was kind of wondering that, too, because I. Our friend yeah. Brace was on the podcast and he was talking about like hooking up with somebody and waking up and they had like all sorts of weird animals in their house. Yeah. I'm sure there were some pr- surprises. I feel like the falconry, you know, I want to say that it kind of made it easier 
at first, oh, and then like more, it. and then more difficult shortly thereafter. <laughs> they want, like uh, they want the Falcons for it's a couple like, dates. You know, yeah, it's like I don't know. I mean, you don't meet a lot of Falconers, so there's probably like a certain appeal or romance to that. And then you know, three days later, you like sleep over, and I'm out there like processing, like chopping up frozen yeah, meat out of a deep mice, freezer, and gone. like you know. <laughs> rotating frozen rats through the fridge in little Tupperware containers and maybe that's a little less appealing everyone for wants to wear the falconer vest until it's time to do falconer shit right yeah exactly <laughs> like I'll just speak like I'm not not a cat guy necessarily um and I can I can probably just imagine that some people aren't bird people so yeah. it's like immediately has anybody ever just like come over and be like uh uh-uh, uh no this is not gonna work or was it did it not ever I get. mean I I have so let's see I've been doing falconry for like 6 years and over that time I I've had two long-term girlfriends so I haven't really I mean my current girlfriend is amazing and and she's all on board and so I haven't really um experienced someone being like oh no hell no I'm no, not That's great. Yeah. Good. Yeah, she's I mean it's so, definitely a lot, you know, like taking care of these animals is it's kind of 24 seven and there's always some crazy thing happening or some stressor or one of the birds is sick or what do they do at the house? You know, they chill. I mean, they, you know, I fly them every day for work. Where so do they live? Like, they live in my backyard in cages that I built. It's a it's an aviary. They're big, large kind of flight chambers that they live in. And uh, each bird has its own cage with multiple places it can perch and a little bath pan with water so they can take a bath and they're, they're happy back there, you know, but they do fly every day when I bring them to work. So, and do you take them, do you ever take them up to like the mountains or anything like that? Like how much can they just like fly loose? Like uh, where do they? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, the funny thing is like, I think anytime you turn something you love into your career, like you don't necessarily want to do that thing even more on your free time. So whenever we go camping, I'm, leaving the birds behind like they're staying (laughs) back at the house i'm not trying to like deal with them on my days off what do you do do you do you have someone feeding them when you're leaving or yeah okay yeah we have a neighbor who um we have some neighbors who have a teenage daughter and she grew up on a farm and she's amazing so she comes over and just throws frozen rats at my birds but yeah you can't like take them to chateau marmot for the weekend (laughs) if you want to go to i mean dude I, i you know they're actually surprisingly easy to travel with like you can see right now Jasper has been this entire time in this he's chilling you know what, what two he's foot tall little plastic box that has ventilation yeah, the alienware box. and so I've I mean we've gone on trips and we'll stay in hotels and I just bring the birds inside you know they have no they idea they have no idea There's just a bird hopping around the three hotel birds room. in the hotel room um so they're they're actually surprisingly easy to to live with I would say you know um yeah what are the other birds that I have yeah yeah um so I have Jasper and then I have another Harris's hawk that I mentioned named Fox. I have a a third uh, hawk. She's I wish I, I should have brought her, but she's amazing. She's um, an African auger buzzard, so she's like hmm. three times the size of Jasper. She's this huge, all white, um, really striking looking bird. I have some pictures of her on my Instagram. Yeah, I think I saw her. Um, she's still a baby, actually, so she's she's still a little nervous around new people and new places. So I was a little hesitant to bring her. And then I, I do work occasionally with an owl that I helped to train and I owned co-owned for a while, but um, now is living with at another falconer's house. So it's not on the property, but um, that's kind of like part of the one of the company birds, I guess. How often is like the phone ringing? 
Like, yeah, is well, it just nonstop? You must get it some weird calls. No, it's not nonstop. I mean, I, I would say so. I'm getting more and more day by day. I'm getting more requests to do like these interactive falconry experiences that I offer. So I, I do like probably three to four of those a week at this point. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, I have people hitting me up. Usually it's through email, but yeah, I mean, and then and then in terms of the pest control work, it's really hit or miss. Like yeah. sometimes I get two or three new contracts in a week and then sometimes it's silent for a while. So um, I probably could do a little better about marketing myself and being more of like a, a salesman, but... That's just not really. Well, that's my vibe. why you get to f- cover a flaunt and why you're on Yeah, but still because now you're you're, you're getting promo. yourself out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping to get a lot of work from this podcast. You yeah, know? <laughs> it could happen. Wait, so you said you do movie stuff too? Like that if, they, if you need to solve like a problem on set, like what kind of calls have you gotten for that? So that's a yeah, sure that was weird calls. Well, so I moved to LA like two and a half years ago, and my intention when I moved here was like to tap into the film industry, and what I thought that that was going to be is like animal wrangling on set you know yeah. like you need a hawk or a falcon on set and i do do that and I've, i'm starting to do that more and more but oddly enough one of the big um one of the, the more regular jo- gigs that i get is i bring my hawks onto set when they're filming with drones mm. because um large birds particularly seagulls will often feel threatened by a drone and so I got this panicked phone call a couple of years ago from a drone operator, you know, that was filming with a camera attached to the drone because a seagull knocked the drone out of the air and they lost like $25,000 worth of um, camera equipment into the harbor at, near San Pedro. Wow. And so they had a backup, but the producer was on them like, we need this shot yesterday, you know, and now your drone and the camera and all the footage is in the ocean so we need you to get the other drone up in the air. And so he was like, can you be here in 45 minutes and help do something about these seagulls? And I had no idea what that was going to look like. But again, I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm the man for the job. So I showed up and what I ended up doing, and now I've made a more regular gig of this, is I'll bring my hawks and moments before they launch the drone, I'll fly my hawks kind of off screen, maybe 500 meters away. And the seagulls get so upset about the presence of a hawk, especially a hawk that they've never seen before because my birds are native to Central and South America. So, like, there's this foreign hawk all of a sudden hanging on the beach. And the seagulls just go bananas. And they come and they're dive-bombing it and they're dive-bombing me. And they're very upset about this foreign hawk. And that buys the drone operator time to get the shot that they need. So that was, like, a totally unexpected one, you know. And you're just getting fucking pelted by seagulls just getting pelted by seagulls and seagull shit and then you know another uh, oddball one was i'm sure everyone in la is familiar with the the parrots the wild parrots in fact i heard them like while we were just earlier while we were recording dude i i must tell you like i had a weird if like my first introduction real introduction with the parrots was wild i was like i was way into running over the summer so i was doing some like silly shit where i was like I was going to run a half marathon. I was hiding water like the night before, like in the halfway point. And so my girlfriend already didn't like that. I was taking her out to hide water in like Pasadena. But so I get out and I'm like, I hear like the craziest noise. And I'm like, dude, I hear something weird and I want to follow this noise. And so I start dragging her. We get go to like we walk like four blocks and it's just getting louder and louder. And then finally we get to this weird 
grocery store parking lot. It's like a closed grocery store or something. And I'm not exaggerating. There's probably 5,000 parrots. There's one flying over yeah. right now. I don't know if 5,000 parrots all in this tree. And these trees like swarming. Is that there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like two dozen of them right flying now. over right now. I don't think right the mics will pick them up. But dude, I don't know what they were doing. I still don't know. But I'm not kidding. Like yeah. the sky went black with parrots. Where, where was that? Pasadena? Yeah. Yeah. They're, it they're, was crazy. Yeah, they're big in East LA, Pasadena. I have been to the Huntington Gardens right around sunset yep. and had thousands and thousands, thousands. of them descend upon. Because I think it's because, you know, they're not native to this area. And the Huntington Gardens and a lot of East LA has a lot of ornamental plants. And mm-hmm. so I think that they've found enough habitat that works for them. But um, yeah, they're wild. They're wild. And they're super loud. And they're so, so loud. If you're you know a production you're filming and parrots come by you're filming oh, outside you're and parrots come by you're fucked for any un, you know unknown amount of time you can't get audio recording with that noise so bring in the hawk chase them away you're back to business so that that's been another one that oh, i just never God. would have expected yeah so but this- see the problem with this stuff is that it's all like panicked phone calls like we need mm-hmm. you now or we need you tomorrow it's it's hard to predict so i have so to like keep my schedule with a hawk yeah Hent, you know the prius gotta have the prius well you <laughs> might need to step it up you might need to Dude, do a tesla or something yeah i might <laughs> do you does it ever star in any movies like i was telling jack earlier that i've seen the that monkey that's oh, in every fucking oh, movie, movie ever well like how do you know it's the same it? monkey because i've seen the same whatever the caretaker I don't so, know. a lot of parties and stuff right? do you work like, i met you, that monkey are you on set you work in like yeah kind of i work industry. in tv Got so it. so uh but even he's he's just at parties but he's doing more of like hey here's the star of the show kind of thing right as opposed to like th- there's no real purpose but just to take photos with him and, and it's a capuchin and do oca- occasional acting or whatever but it's the same movie or it's it's the same monkey in every movie you've seen yeah i think he's like 20 or 30 years old mm-hmm. and i see this this guy every time and i like chop it up with them as much as possible but like birds now that i think of it like not a ton of calls for being like on camera right i mean hopefully more right right, right? well now that i have your contact, now that you know yeah, yeah come on right. guys let's get these some birds out there there's some ho- hawks I mean, it happens movies. no i'm sure it happens but but you know largely it's like yeah monkeys and fucking sure. horses and stuff like not yeah. necessarily birds i mean planet earth yeah, was, <laughs> people don't know that the little yep. LA insider. That was all fake. All the animal wranglers made a killing at Planet. It was all Earth. fake. Those are all animal wrangles. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? Is Actually, that, like, that was all filmed them, on set. I think in Burbank. A lot of Planet Earth is faked uh, to an extent. There's definitely some CGI and stuff like that in it. They shoot it at Jay Leno's garage. Well, and of course the they screen. like <laughs> they shoot it all out of order and then thread it into like this narrative. Like yeah. obviously, all of those like chases or whatever. It's really like many days worth of footage and they're just cutting it together and telling sure making up a story yeah sure it's, and then yeah it's kind of trippy when you start thinking about like how much they're adding to planet earth including underwater sounds oh yeah the sounds are I mean, just made up yeah they're just like making well, those sounds up like i mean especially like the, the fish noises like <laughs> yeah, yeah. or like the, the insect oh, artist yeah, it's is like, just a voiceover actor yeah the it's ins- like, it, like insects moving Pretty sure they don't really make a lot of sounds when no, they walk, no, no. but there's yeah, always like, like this kind of mechanical little scurrying sound. You when know? you're too high watching Planet Earth and you start thinking <laughs> about that, it'll really fuck with your head because you'll start examining like, oh, that's a pretty weird sound that like they decided to insert there. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you haven't been around like celebs with like uh, this these birds that often, or oh, no, I have. I mean, I've done some parties like I with the owl. People love owls, yeah. so I've I've had I've gotten some calls to do like 
you know, um, what are they called? Uh, um, orgies. Orgies. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm trying to remember. Oh, masquerade parties with the owl. I've done a bunch of those. Um, and then I've, I mean, I've been on set. I just did a, a show. I think Spotify is launching like a video platform of some sort. Mm-hmm. And so I did a show. I can't remember the name, but it's basically like the, the premise of the show is they bring these hosts, bring rappers out into like wild environments and like take them out of their element mm-hmm. and then just like film. It's kind of doc. It's a reality show, I guess, but all the events and the happenings are kind of staged. So they wanted like this falconry experience to happen. So, um, so I was, I was hanging like in the sand dunes with young thug and my, wow. my hawk. Um, so that, oh, I mean, wow. yeah, it happens. He was super, I, he young almost thug. tried to buy young thug, tried to buy my hawk. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I should, I feel like an idiot for not. We should selling. have talked about this way earlier. Yeah. But okay. Now my attention is Cam fully is undivided. Yeah. We're what? Like, Dude, this dude is boring, but oh, no, wait, you know, not rappers? at all. <laughs> like what? Please. Young thug tried to buy your hawk. <laughs> wait, he so. was like very earnestly interested in it. I want to hear I, It was actually detail. a problem because. I wasn't so the, the the idea was that like he was hanging on the sand dune with the hosts of the show and one of the hosts is like yo young thug do you think I can make that wild hawk fly out of the air and land on my glove you know and and so he takes out a glove and he calls this wild hawk which of course is not a wild hawk it's my bird Kanoni actually the the auger buzzard that I mentioned and so she's supposed to come in and land on his glove which she did but I'm off stage. I'm off screen. You know, I'm not supposed to be there. I'm just the wrangler. And the whole time they're rolling and Yug Thug's just staring to the left off camera, like <laughs> where I'm like crouched down in the sand dune being like, dude, how much does one of these cost? Like, what's her name? Like asking me all these questions. And he was really interested. And I, I was trying, I mean, I was being polite. So I was answering him, I'm not going to just like mean mug Young Thug and not answer him, you know? And the director gets on the the megaphone and he's like, like hawk dude you're not here you're not here disappear <laughs> and i was like well tell young thug to stop asking me questions i'm not going to be mean to the guy like i'm just being polite you know oh my god and the, then he said at what point how did he word trying yeah, to make tra- well this he just so what actually happened is he was asking a lot about how much they cost like where you could get one and then afterwards his um manager or assistant there was a woman that was traveling with him that was like handling all of his business and uh-huh. and she came up to me it was like He's super interested. He can't stop talking about these birds. These birds, like, I think he really, I think he's gonna want to buy one now. And I was like, should I give her my card and sell her my bird? Sell him my bird, you know? Given the card, no matter what, maybe not sold Young Thug a bird, but yeah. What was he like? What was Young Thug like? I mean, I didn't really get, you know. I mean, you're talking to two people that are very interested in this. Oh yeah, he was nice. He was super. I mean. From my perspective, he was very nice, very interested, very curious. He's um, kind of a mysterious guy. But I did, dude. He mysterious. was. That's why it I, was awesome. He was dressed like in um, like a camel leather, like kind of suit with cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and like this kind of fancy scarf. He looked amazing, just standing out in a sand dune. It was very bizarre, but um, he was a nice dude. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, so did you give the info on how to? Uh, buy a hawk to young thugs i i didn't people? you know i i didn't um <laughs> I, I wish i really wish you did just for the tra- career trajectory of young thug like well you know big boy the rapper yeah he owns two owls oh wow two, yeah two eurasian that eagle seems owls fitting yeah so it's That's definitely out there for him um you know i'm a little 
I don't like to share that information with people, even though there are legal ways that like young thug could buy a hawk. Yeah, I don't um, think so. I'm not really, I'm not trying to advocate that because these birds, they're not pets. You know, they require like a lot of care and training. So I don't really want to encourage yeah. random people to buy these birds, you know? Because like you could probably see through like people wanting to buy them as a prop and less yeah, of, like being exactly. like you went to school for this shit like this is your your life like you actually give a shit about this and you oh yeah right like you're actually helping uh that to me uh, the flex by that's why i just have unbridled joy just thinking of <laughs> young thug. well i feel like young thug would learn like i feel like yeah oh yeah i no. feel like it'd be one of those things where you would be wondering where his next album is and it's taking years <laughs> and then like there's some like weird little story that comes out where it's like young thug's been in the two year falconry training <laughs> and it's like a whole thing that derails his album, but then it finally drops and it'll be good and very bird inspired. Yeah. So I used to uh, tour with Riff Raff and he, yeah. there was a period of time where he brought a, a snake on his wrist on stage <laughs> and immediately a lot of us were like, that's just like, I like where you're at. It feels like more of a, a, a video, a music video thing, less of a, <laughs> a live stunt. Um, so bad idea, but he would just take it on stage and like, obviously we all know enough about Riff Raff, but like, v- bad idea. And, and the thing would start biting him and then he was just like <laughs> over it at a certain point in time. And I was like, dude, just throwing the snake out of the crowd. fucking animal, dude. You shouldn't be, first off, he doesn't give a fuck about your music. I'll tell you that. Uh, no. And secondly, let the dude live. Like he's not a a, a prop. Yeah. Um. So, for sure, I I try to keep like I stay really vague about it because I mean I think especially in a city like L.A. like it's such a weird novelty. It's an unexpected thing to see someone with a hawk. And I think kind of a lot of people their initial response is like, oh, this is rad. I I would I want to do this. Like yeah, I want to own one of these. Me That's too. cool. You know. I want to take like three pictures for Instagram and then realize what I've gotten myself into. So yeah, definitely not um, something you want to just like dabble in if you're not really committed, you know? Absolutely not. For those listening at home, do not get into this if you're uh, not taking it seriously. But also like, I mean, hit me up and make me an offer, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Can You you know what the ticket is? Like I, I need to be young thugs like um on-site yeah, falconer per- like i need yeah. to be like fly you out on the yeah, pj i need to train his birds house his birds i mean i need to live with young th- i mean right, I to, right, there's right. no other way <laughs> way around it i, oh, see, I actually like, have another crazy one sorry yeah oh please just really really quick um i was working for this multi-millionaire actually i think he was a, a billionaire in bel-air and i um was working on his private estate chasing crows out of his garden and he had like 25 acres in Bel Air. It was gorgeous. Oh my God. And he had five so houses Uncle on Phil. the Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to share the name, but because um, I fear for my own life if I um, name him. But no, but so, so there were like three different houses or five different houses on the property. One of them was being rented to the rapper Birdman. And okay. I became wow. very chummy with his security guard. Because um, you would always be come like, out. Hey, I'm also a Birdman. I was like, yo, that's the thing. Is like, <laughs> exactly. hold up, dude. Be Slow like, your roll. Yo, I don't want to like step to you, Birdman, but like, I kind of feel <laughs> like I have a little bit more claim to the name, you know? Yeah, totally. So here's the crazy thing is that, so I became really friendly with his um, security guards. And then at one point he was out there and I met him and they were all like, yo, dude, Birdman, come over and f- meet this bird. Meet and bird I man. offered to have him fly Jasper just like you guys did. And he was like, Oh hell no. Like I don't want anything. I want to want to be near that bird. And I was like, dude, you can't be, you bird can't man. be Birdman anymore. 
you know i'm sorry but you cannot i am birdman you know yeah you literally i was disappointed any other animal out of the kingdom to name yourself and you chose the one maybe that's why he went with that i don't know maybe because he's like overcoming his deepest like he's a maury contender it's like batman yeah he has to face his fears yeah he's afraid of birds he wasn't ready though at that moment that's fucking hilarious so it's so i mean so the billionaire is not birdman no no the neighbor the billionaire was renting a house to birdman while he was like recording an album or something god it's a it was wild it was an amazing gig um i mean i literally went three days a week for probably nine months and just flew my my birds in this beautiful garden like hillside estate it was incredible that's why I'm, it's like one of the first reasons I was just fascinated by you is like seeing you living your day to day and your work is just so different than anything anybody's doing. And it sounds so peaceful too. Like you're just flying a bird around. To it's, wild. it's got it up. It's ups and downs. I would say it's like a, a what's a bad day. I mean, actually I could imagine some bad yeah, days. There's, there's, there's a lot. Podcast. I mean, it's yeah. not all fun and games. Like it can be really stressful. Like, okay. Flying on a 30 acre remote property in Bel Air, chances are it's going to be a good day. Flying like a hawk that you don't entirely trust yet on 4th Avenue in downtown LA is stressful, you know? I mean, like they fly across incoming traffic and that could be it, you know? So you have to be really on. It's not, um, yeah, it's just, it's not all lighthearted, you know, running around frolicking with falcons in the field. Um, so. Wow. Uh, that said, I've, I've never lost a bird to ha- i've never had a bird get hit by a car and die so um thank god i mean <laughs> you did have one fly away though i did right? have one fly away but that must have been hard it was super hard um it, it was a strange circumstance so what happened is the bird was i went out at the, early in the morning in the dark i was going to work early that day and i opened the door to her to the cage and she just got spooked and she just bolted and usually you build like a double door, so a redundant system. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's my fault. I didn't have two doors. So I open the door and normally she's totally calm. And I walk in, I close the door behind me and I can get her into the box. And she just exploded through the door and, and, and that was it. And she was gone into the night with no... So I normally put a GPS transmitter on all my birds, which yeah. you saw earlier. She didn't have it on because I wasn't planning on flying her. And she just disappeared into the darkness and... I mean, then it's like finding her would is near impossible. Um, and so, you know, she didn't fly away intentionally. I think she got scared and flew out and then probably, you know, couldn't find me again. But oddly enough, she was then spotted like four months later out by the airport, like killing pigeons and like <laughs> healthy as can be. So, I mean, she was she's probably was fine. You know, you spotted her. Or? No, no. One of the one of the wildlife specialists at the airport spotted her because she was wearing a band like a huh. um, an identification tag. And so they, they confirmed that it was her. So she was doing just fine, you know, um, and you can't get it back. Right. Is it I like tried. A, no, yeah. I, I you could. But they actually kind of re- re- revert to wildness and kind of un- right. unlearn very quickly because they don't need me. They're they're yeah, totally sure. self-sufficient. They just trust me, and it's kind of like a calculated subconscious, I guess, maybe better word, decision to come back to me because life's just easier with yeah. me. And um, and part of it is just conditioning and training. But, I mean, they could leave and, and be fine and you know at any moment. Yeah, that's the other interesting thing is that, like, 
I was wondering, like, oh, should we give, like, some detailed disclaimers? Because, like, people have very strong opinions about, like, owning certain animals or the way they're humans interacting with animals, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I, I thought about reassuring the audience about, like, the bond between you and this bird. But then I just realized now, like, if the bird didn't want to be here, it could fly away yeah. at any point the and proof, just be the gone. The proof's in the pudding, like, I it think. It could just you know? dip yeah. at any point. Like, this is not, like, leashed. Totally, yeah. No, it's... it's um. Like it's it's up to him. Life is wants to stay. You know, I really do think that they they realize that they have a good thing going on. Like they have high quality You're a sugar baby organic meat, you know, like every day. They got everything they need and they trust me and they like my company to a certain extent and um and so yeah, they stick around, you know. They get to meet young thug. They get I, yeah, I mean I just sign up right there. Yeah. For that. I'd be a bird. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right. Well, with that being said, I think we've probably recorded more than I expected to today. Um, yeah, Cam, do you is, have any final questions? This is... No, it's fascinating. I mean, I have, like, probably could talk about this for an enormous amount of time. You have but, a very interesting life, man. It's fucking <laughs> yeah. awesome. Thank, um, you. thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug? No, I mean... I, I appreciate you plugging my Instagram. And, Hawk on hand. Yeah. yeah. I we'll mean, keep yeah. you in mind. Keep me in Where mind. Where else can people find you? What's that? Where else can people find you? I mean, Insta- I'm active on Instagram, you know, Hawk on hand. Uh, and then I have a website, hawkonhand.com. But yeah, I mean, you know, if anybody out there needs a, needs a Hawk on a music video or got some pigeons shitting all over their, their business, uh, <laughs> you know, you know where to find me. Dude, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me.